0: Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello,
1: everybody. Welcome to your favorite podcast, Perception is Reality. It is your host, David. And today, I'm excited, and I know I say that every week, and it doesn't matter because I'm excited. I've told you this in a previous podcast, I love giving guests, and I love talking and chatting and yapping, so get over it. Um, But today's guest is Angelica Vallecio.
0: Hello, David.
1: Hello. And in case anybody wants to learn how to spell that or pronounce it, which I think I pronounced it correctly. You did. uh, Good. There's a lot of double L's in there um, for all of our uh European and Spanish speaking friends. You get it. If anybody <laughs> else wants to learn how to spell it, Angelica runs a podcast which is called
0: A Little Bit of Everything With Me. And they can find you on all podcast platforms. Um, At a little bit of everything with me, and that is also my Instagram handle and Facebook page handle.
1: So feel free to find Angelica and support her and listen to her podcast about everything that she wants to talk about because it's a little bit of everything. Exactly. Um, And I couldn't say me because it's not with me, it's with you, it's with her. (laughs) So, um, So, to my point, if you would like to learn how to say her name and practice pronouncing it to impress your friends at parties, you'll be able to see that as soon as you follow her. <laughs> and uh, to let everybody know, Angelica and I are strangers. We met virtually like most people do, um, except in our case, it was on the Anchor. We're both Anchor podcasters mm-hmm. and we met on the support group. And I believe Angelica posted something and I was like, oh my God, you would be an awesome guest. And I kissed her butt and she was like, fine, David, I will come on your show. Will be-
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, it might've been a little different than that, but I mean- It
0: was, but uh, you were very friendly. You're intrigued. And I said, you know what? Why not? Let's do this.
1: Perfect. And um, I know in my head, I remember there's a couple different things like you're, because, and, and just so everybody knows, I like to go in- Just to recap, Mm -hmm. David goes into these unprepped. These are unedited when they upload. Um, So it's been killing me not to listen to any of your episodes or, and I've actually been kind of purposely trying to avoid you on social media just so I don't get any. Um, (laughs) So... um, I don't remember what I mean. You threw out a couple of different things when we were aiming back and forth. So I'm I'm excited to be surprised at what we're talking about today. So what are we talking about today?
0: So today we're going to talk about my learning disability, which is dyslexia, and it's the perception of what people think and what the reality is what I go through on a daily basis, which is completely different. And I feel like it's kind of you know one of those things where people don't know how to deal with it or how to know because you really don't know. So I really want to talk about that and kind of educate people in, the, in that aspect.
1: That is a good topic. That is, thank you for, for one. Thank you for being willing to um, expose yourself and talk about this and help other people. And I feel like when we have these conversations, actually, I feel like when I talk to anybody, Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever said this, but I, I, I appreciate the openness. And I said, I've said i said this in a pre- previous podcast, um, that I, that my guests, you being one of them, the trust you put in me to shepherd you through this conversation and the exposure, because as a podcast host, you know what it's like once it's out there. Well, I'm assuming this is a perception, but once it's out there it's out there and there's no taking it back. It's, it's when it's on the internet, it's, it's, it's out there. So exactly. I appreciate you willing to do that. And I feel like brave people like you are, who are willing to talk about these things will make it easier for other people to know that, you know what, you're, it's okay. There's other people that have this, you're not alone. And yep. it doesn't make you less of a human being.
0: And I thank you for allowing me to ex- share my stories and my experiences, because I feel like Um, after so many years and me kind of being in hiding in a way hiding i mean like not sharing it i felt like you know what i've learned so much i was successful in different areas and i feel like you know what i want younger children teenagers even adults like i want them to learn that it is possible we can do everything like any normal person can but just differently
1: well you I mean, so what I was going to say is you are normal, but you know, what is normal? I mean, to me, you know, I would, I, I, ha- I have a problem with the word normal because I don't, so, I mean, I don't mean to pick on what you just said. Like we can do everything the normal person has to me, you are normal, but I don't want to, but what I'm learning is, as I'm doing the podcast words matter and it's not by saying that you're normal, that I'm diminishing what you've gone through and your disability, but I I learned this when I talked to Vera about race, um, that it's Mm -hmm. not, that I'm not acknowledging it. I'm just saying that like, I see nothing wrong, but I'm going to try to step out of that hole. I just dug for myself and say, no, it's okay.
0: And I, (laughs) I appreciate your feedback because that's important. Like, because for me, myself, and I'm not speaking on behalf of everyone who has a learning disability. Um, it's, It's because we, I think, sorry, I think that sometimes I'm not normal. And when I hear that from someone else, it gives me that light of encouragement of just like the reassurance of saying, okay, so then we're just two people. You know what I mean? So for me, and when I hear stuff like that, I love it because it's just, you know, kind of gives me that encouragement, motivation just to keep going. You know what I mean?
1: I do, and, and, and I appreciate those those comments. So for, for everybody's sake, so your learning disability is dyslexia, and I'm going to take a stab at this. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to crack me again because we're talking about perception. So I think what dyslexia is, is it's when letters or numbers are transposed in a different order. Did I get that right?
0: Yes, but it's also more stuff to it. But not everyone has that situation, right?
1: Yeah. So if you could tell us, I mean, because I'm, I'm making an assumption, which is basically yep. my perception is that's what us normal run-of-the-mill folks who don't know about this haven't really experienced, that that's probably what we've all heard or seen because of TV, media, news, whatever, that that's our base level understanding. I'm sure that, well, I know that all of my listeners listening are much more intelligent than me. Yes, I'm kissing your butt so you listen more. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just throwing that out there as a level set, but I'm sure that there's a lot more to it, but you're gonna tell us about it right now, right?
0: Yes, I will. So let me start, what is a learning disability? Because then a learning disability has opened different doors to like dyslexia, dyspraxia, and then there's other ones that I cannot pronounce, so I'm not gonna attempt it. Mm-hmm. But a learning disability can range. So, for example, one of them is oral language. Oral language as in listening, speaking, and understanding. So, for example, I fall into that category because when I'm listening, sometimes I pick up just a little bit of words, but I don't pick up the whole sentence because my mind doesn't process the whole sentence. It'll just pick up words and I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to say, right? Mm -hmm. And speaking is because I'm not pronouncing or creating sentences In the proper form as per English class, like what we've learned. And then understanding is like being able to understand what you're saying as well. So understanding and listening is kind of like tie in together. So that's one of them, which is oral language. Another one is reading, which I have that now. Example is like decoding what you just said earlier, and that's Mm -hmm. more also a dyslexia um, symptom. And then comprehension is another one. So sometimes I don't really comprehend what I'm reading. Or perfect story is when I started to read, I would read the words. So for example, if I were to say, the dog went to the store, and that's what the book said, my mind's not going to picture that the dog went to the store. I would just read it just for the sake of reading it, but my mind's not processing it. So it's like, picture yourself, because books are created in a way for you to picture the story. And for me, reading a book was just like reading words off of a paper. So I wasn't really getting into the story or into the book or creating that imagery in my mind. So that kind of, you know, really annoyed me because I wasn't able to read the book and I'll get frustrated another thing with reading is understanding what they're trying to say like for example when i was in physics and chemistry like what are they trying to tell me because also it's math related as well um written language so written language are examples such as spelling and writing expressions so for me even till this day being able to write grammatically cuz i cannot pronounce that word mm-hmm. um it's been a struggle because I kind of forget the basics of obviously grammar in English language and also spelling's a big one. So I will repetitively repeat the same spelling errors on certain words. And then there's some days where I'm just like, how do I spell though? Like though has been the biggest thing. Like, how can I spell though? And then you're just trying to go crazy in your mind, trying to figure out until dictation came along in our devices. And then I just use that to obviously get words that I don't know how to spell. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing with learning disabilities is mathematics, problem solving, memorizing. Oh my goodness, what a struggle with that. Even someone like myself who got into architecture and you're learning about physics and how to hold the structure of the building and all these mathematical stuff it was completely difficult because i wasn't understanding the concepts so when someone's teaching me something and especially math was the worst it's like you're telling me that i'm just making this up c squared times b squared divided by this divided by that if that even makes sense my mind's not grasping it why are we dividing how are we getting this number even fractions, I remember when I was a kid, is fractions. How are you adding of these fractions? It doesn't make sense to me until my mother came along and said, Let me just make, get, grab this uh, construction paper. Let me just write a pie diagram with different colors and you're going to learn fractions. So I am a visual learner. And that's where a lot of people are just like, Well, just read this manual because you're going to get it. For probably, I think they said in Canada, 60% are picture more visual and then the rest are more written so i'm like the visual side of it i need to see pictures in order to build um for example a chest or uh, a chest we call like the drawer i'm probably saying it wrong um anything to build like a bed frame i need a picture to show me where things are going so like ikea manual is -hmm. probably my gold but someone else is like annoyance because they are like i don't get this where do these screws go to there's just one little man pointing me with the screws where it needs to go for me that's like oh my god i know how to build this so yes i'm a professional ikea builder um <laughs> but that's what works for me now with dyslexia is a form of what i tied into with oral language reading and uh written language but also there's another term for um people who just have the mathematical skills where you're just, you we're not mm-hmm. comprehending. And I, I get confused. It's either dyspraxia and, and there's another word for which I honestly don't know how to pronounce it. So I'm not going to attempt it, but dyslexia kind of ties into the learning disability. So when people say you have a learning disability, they pair it to, okay, you have dyslexia. Hmm.
1: That's there's a lot more to that. Um. So that's why we're here. Perception's reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, the perception is, oh, just a few letters out of whack. And Angelica's like, well, have a seat because we're going to screw you up on what's going on.
0: Yeah. And that's what people think sometimes like, oh, you're not reading. Maybe you're seeing, instead of an eight, mm-hmm. you're going to see a three right? Because you're not seeing the other half of that eight. Right. <laughs> but no, it's some people do have that. But for my situation, I don't. Right, for yours, I, right,
1: right?
0: Yeah. For me specifically, I see an eight. I see a three. I see a two. But then it gets a little bit tricky. If you're telling me, write this number down, for example, you're telling me verbally um, 416905. My mind is trying to process that. And then... Um, How can I say, writtenly, my mind's not connecting to my mortar skills to see 416905. I usually mess up the last two numbers or the middle number. So I tend to write, okay, instead of 416905, it's going to be 416950. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are just like, no, but I told you 905. And I'm just like, in my head, yeah, my head's telling me 905. But on paper when i'm trying to write it out because my mind's not connecting to some sort of nerve in my body i'm just gonna say five zero (laughs) but in my mind it's nine zero five but then i tend to write nine five zero
1: no that 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 makes sense um and if, if i may go back to the ikea thing uh I think that every single male listener will identify with what you just said as far as like picture good, words bad, Ikea put together, done. You know, (laughs) I mean, that's, I mean, all right, I'm speaking for all the males. That's my perception, but that's how I do it. And I do talk in that language when I'm putting Ikea together. So the caveman from the Geico commercial, which we are not sponsored by Geico, but if (laughs) Geico wanted to sponsor Angelica, they could find her because she gave you the information. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh yes, I do talk like that when I'm putting together IK furniture. So um but I I I, I, I can understand that. That's um that's very interesting. So thank you for walking us through that. Uh, and there is so much more to it, but we all are now better educated because of that. So what what do you let's get into some perceptions. Like what okay. is some common things that you've experienced firsthand that have been other people's perceptions of you um, as a reflection of your learning disability?
0: So the biggest thing is, for example, at the workplace, people think I'm just, I've heard it before or I've heard it from other people and people are just very honest and they come up to me and tell me, which thank you to those. people think I'm stupid. People think I'm dumb. Um, people think I'm really slow. Uh, people like just make fun. Oh, you can't spell that word. Like what's wrong with you? Or when you finally were able to get something done that was completed 95% to their standards, a lot of people will say, wow, it only took you a while. Um, another thing is you're not doing your job properly which is that one's a tough one. Um, what else? Oh, it seems like you don't care. And what else was in the workplace? Oh, you're not paying attention. Um, in elementary school, like throughout high elementary school, high school, and college, the perception was almost similar to the workplace but it was more of you're too slow like when we work in groups you're too slow what do you mean you can't do that um the other thing is what was the other oh you're just lazy maybe you're not just grasping anything it's not it's not for you you should try finding something else um a, another one was i can't do the job because you know there's something wrong with you but it's better. We give you a different task. So that was kind of my life through my, I could say my whole life. Right. So I just given yeah. you the workplace perception of it. And then there's the going through school type thing. And I know school, there was a lot of, I remember, uh, classmates and, um, people in the hallways. Cause we were divided in different classes and, um, cause they called it the special ed classes. And, mm. um, it was just being made fun of, right? From outside the door, like, oh, it's the stupid people or it's the people that can't do anything. And it's just that type, that was the perception.
1: Hmm. Um, I probably have, a, I, I always, I say this on my podcast, I definitely feel like I have a different view of life than most people, but in your case, and in the case of the special ed Classes like I went to school to be a teacher. I didn't do that though, because, uh, well, it, quite frankly, when I graduated, it didn't pay as much money as I was already making. So it was like, yeah, know, did that. Um, but my wife is a special ed teacher, she has a couple degrees in it. Um,
0: oh, no way! way. That's awesome. So, that uh, makes me happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's
1: where. My perceptions coming in when you said special, ed, or not special. You didn't say that. You uh, learning disability, and you saying that you're in a special ed class. Like I'm tying two together. Like, oh, yeah. Well, maybe that's where you know I have that familiarity coming in, so I don't yeah. have any negative preconceived notions about any of that. Mm-hmm. But, so I don't know. Well, maybe we just learned something. Maybe I don't know. I wouldn't say an epiphany level, but you know I think a little breakthrough there with David um, maybe that'll be a podcast short I'll do breakthroughs with David maybe too <laughs> uh, so that's interesting and can you just let everybody know like how that makes you feel because I don't think that people understand that their frustrations and projecting their frustrations upon another person. I don't people under think, uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking too fast. I can't even talk when I get like this. It's um, okay. So uh, what was I saying? Oh, so I don't think people understand the consequences of their words. Like I was telling you earlier, words matter. Um, yeah. Can you just let everybody know what that's like to be on the receiving end?
0: So I'll tell you through when I remember when I was younger, because it's nice to see like I want to tell people how pretty much how I evolved and learned to accept things mm-hmm. So throughout elementary school, I can tell you I was pretty depressed, and I was very quiet and shy, um it made me feel really like I was a nobody, and I wasn't accepted. It was hard for me to make friends. And then the friends that you had, you weren't sure if you were they were actually friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, through my high school years, yeah, I made new friends, you know, try to be a social butterfly, try to fit in, because you know, it's high school, you try to fit in. Um, but when I hear those comments or when I hear somebody else talking about it, or you know, when you work in groups with different types of people and different personalities and different strengths and weaknesses, it made you feel like okay, like what's wrong with me? Right. Cause I wasn't as depressed, but I was more like, what is really wrong with me? Um, and then, you know, you have those friends that are always with you, which I still have them till this day. And I'm thankful for them because they learned, they accepted me for who I am. And then I didn't need to explain to them, um, what i have or what the problem that i you know that i experience every day i didn't have to they just accepted me for who i am so that made me feel good Uh, but the outsiders and people i didn't really know and they just saw this because you know the special ed class was on the first floor right by the cafeteria Mm -hmm. they knew what it was and it wasn't just people with learning disabilities there's other people with other disabilities and you know i felt even more sorry for them because it's like you're attacking people that you don't even know who's in here. Right. Um, And it's just horrible what things that some of the people say. And um, through college, I kind of just like, you know what, I guess this is like who I am. I got to work with it. I just got to work with it and then just do whatever I have to do, get this piece of paper and then, you know, just conquer life. And then obviously, real life comes in, and that's where I kind of develop some anxiety. And a lot of I put a lot of pressure on myself, which is a big thing with people with learning disabilities. You put so much pressure on yourself that you develop anxiety. And then there was a point where I was kind of depressed because some of my jobs that I got into, because I like to take risks and I was told to take risks because that's how I was brought up by my parents. Um, I felt like I put so much pressure on myself. I'm not doing this. Like, and hearing these comments, you're just like, what am I doing wrong? Like I'm understanding what you want, but is it me or is it the person that I'm working for? So you're kind of second guessing yourself, right? So when when you're in the workplace, you're kind of like, okay, I'm doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yes, I'm missing some things and I'm not doing certain things, but what's with the other stuff? Is it just because they're angry, they're frustrated? Well, your stress level and your frustration is rubbing off of me. So then I get upset and then I just get annoyed with myself and it's, you're fighting with your conscious. So now even being in the workplace still, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. what is it? And then it's, you know, oh, but I told you to do this a thousand times and you just keep doing the same mistakes over and over again. And it's just like, well, that's just, you know, to myself, I'm just like, that's who I am. Like nothing can remove this because that's part of it. Making the same mistakes over and over again is what, you know, and I ask for accommodations and I ask for someone to proofread my work because you have to, I'm seeking out resources and I'm seeking out other peers which most part I've been very lucky because every time I've worked with either um someone close to me as a manager to manager cuz I used to be a retail manager um they were an English major, so I'm like, This is perfect, let me take advantage, right? Yeah. Then you know, I would send all my emails here, just proofread, tell me what I did wrong, and <laughs> that's it. Um, but you know, in other workplaces, you don't have that opportunity, which I did that work along with an English major, right? Who was very OCD and very organized, which I truly appreciate her to this day. And I'm just like, Wow, thank you for coming into my life because I've learned a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, overall. See, hearing those comments or people making fun, it's just it hurts me because people don't know the reality of what I have to go through on a daily basis in order to get something done,
1: right? Which we're going to talk about now because I do want to know because I just want to clarify a few things and just I really want to make a point. So, you graduated high school
0: on time, yes, I did exactly, which is talking why why is that shocking because I lost motivation in studies in um i don't know if it's the same thing in the u s because um in Canada it's like high school from grades nine till grade twelve yep um okay, so it's the same. I lost motivation when I was in i think it was like grade ten or eleven because I was just thinking, what am I going to do with my life like what, what is my calling? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. But it's having, like I tell people, it's having the support system that you have. My mom's very, my parents immigrated from Nicaragua, Central America and um, back home, my mom, she was a university Spanish teacher. So she was very into like getting her schooling done even though they're running a family business even till this day her sisters obviously took over um but she's always been pressuring us to do well in school and to always try our best and my dad's like you know he never went to school (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and he was just like you know as long as you find a job that you love uh, that you think it's going to be worth your while and you know help you grow then that's that's your calling But with my mom, when I was expressing my parents, like, because I started working when I was in grade 10 because obviously you have to learn how to make a dollar. You really do. Yep. Every child should just start working really young because they need to understand the value. And when I started working, I was kind of like, I might as well just quit school and just keep working because I felt like, you know what, I fit in when it was my first job. I'm liking the people that I work with. I should just drop out. But then... I have my mother telling me, no, you have to keep going. Why are you giving up? You shouldn't give up. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. You have to keep going. You're not the only one struggling. You're not the only one going through this problem. You're not the only one having issues. There's other people worse than you in the situation. And she's like, you need, you're fortunate to be in this country, to be given the education you need to push forward. I like your mom. Yeah, she's, she's, you know, she can be very hard Spanish, tough love. And she is very tough love. Like I mean, tough love. Um, she doesn't take crap. (laughs) And, um, my dad was just like, you know, you do what you want. And they were very supportive, both of them, but my mom was more the tough one. And I always thank her because when I graduated, it was like, Oh wow, I did it. Yes. I didn't have the grades. Mind you, I did not have a hundred percent or 90 percent and my friends are like oh I got an 80 and I got a 70 like I'm just like oh well I guess I'll stick with my 50s and 60s because that's all you require um and I try to push myself a bit more but it was difficult because I fell in love with working which was weird and you know at that age it was like oh working who likes to work when you're a teenager um, but I did fall in love with working because obviously you're making money and you're oh. meeting people
1: (laughs) you're making money there's a certain level of acceptance that i think maybe you had and that's what i'm interpreting
0: oh yeah yeah, for sure
1: so those are things that maybe you were starved a little bit from and you were getting it Uh, i mean you're talking to somebody i've had a job since i was 13
0: that's amazing i i think i started working yeah grade 10 i don't know what age you're in grade 10 15 14 something like that
1: (laughs) so i i um so you're in Canada. I, um, I grew up in Rochester, New York.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're like neighbors. Just Basically, I'm yeah. in Toronto.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. So I thought you were on the other side of the, the pond there. Um, yeah, uh, maybe we could probably do a whole episode on the fast ferry that went to nowhere, but we won't talk about that.
0: <laughs> we'll do that but, another day.
1: <laughs> but anyway, um, like I went out and got my little bud a farm permit, because you have to get a working permit in the U.S. when you're below 16. Maybe even a six. I don't know, but I got a special permit shut up at the farm. And I was like, I've I've been working since I was sixteen. There were several times that uh, in my life I've had more than one job. Um, So I I understand what you're saying. Um, And I and I will say that from my friend group and what I've seen over the years that you know when you hit tenth and eleventh grade, losing motivation, you might not have you might have been more in a majority than you realize. Hmm. there's a lot of pressure on kids at that age to figure out college yes college and then most of us you know it's like you have to go to college and only now in the u.s i don't know about canada but only in the u.s now it's really starting to be like do you really need to go to college there's nothing wrong with having a job that that doesn't require college but it makes just as much money like there, you know like we're trying to remove the stigma of not having a college education.
0: No, it's true, and I, I, there's something like that happening here, but not fully because now every job requires, if you want, obviously, a higher end job with a title, they expect you to have some sort of education now. Which true. The post, so there been there been a lot of changes to keep children in school, but for example, like my husband, he didn't finish, um, he didn't finish high school. And he has a learning disability himself, but he doesn't really open up about it because I guess that was like the most horrible time, but he covered it in a different way and got by in a different way. So, But the problem is he's, he came here to Canada when he was eight years old from Portugal. So that's even worse because you're just at that age where you're just like, I don't even know a lick of English. right? And for him, when he was in high school, it was rough. Like he told me just actually last year, he was like, it, it was rough me to get through school was rough. I didn't know how to read. I didn't know how to write. Like it was just, I was in the ESL classes, but nothing really worked. I was just, you know, whatever. It, his thing was just whatever, and no, wait, how, not. Hold on, real quick. Like, yeah. Side
1: note: Like, is he going to be okay with you outing him and talking about this?
0: Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> okay,
1: good. I just, I don't want you to get in trouble because, like, this is unedited, and we're going to ship this out.
0: No, so, it's fine.
1: Okay, I didn't mean to distract you. I just wanted to just like throw your life preserver in case but okay you're good you you continue i apologize for the
0: no it's okay and um the other thing is when he got to high school and he's like you know what i got to start working you start to realize like i'm a roofer at the age of 17 making four thousand dollars a month why do i need to go to school
1: that's a good question
0: So you're like, do I need to go to college? And that's what happened. He ended up dropping out one last semester of grade 12. And he was a roofer for a long time. And he made a lot back in the day because he's older than me. um, He's just like, what's more than going back to school? And then everyone else was doing it because... Toronto is obviously, you know, it's like very diverse and Mm -hmm. a lot of Europeans and Europeans get into construction and the kids get into construction. They don't go to school. Um, You can become an electrician and it's just someone's going to teach you on the field and then boom, right? 10 years later, you've been an electrician all your life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's, I understand like nowadays it's like for us though, it's, they're pushing. Okay. If you want to get into a trade, you have to get into an apprenticeship. If you want that, if you want that extra higher salary, then you got to go through some courses in college. So I see where sometimes, you know, that perception of like, okay, well, do I really need to go to school then? And some people just become super successful and they don't need to go to school at all. But then there's us that go to school. We spend so much money because I went to college as well. And then it's just like, okay, 10 years later, and I finally got the job that I wanted.
1: <laughs> and you're still paying off loans. So I just again to recap on on Angelica's success, high school check, college check.
0: Yes, just I did
1: like everybody else. Now it was um, hearing you. I would say that it's maybe more of a struggle. Uh, yes, I think everybody struggles, but with with you, uh, I think you know you would say that you definitely struggled, but you you did it. You got I the paper did it. like everybody else
0: i got that diploma which is still yeah, in the envelope great. believe it or not fun fact i don't Please, know if
1: i mean like fact. i'm thousand years old mine's still in the envelope too i mean it's just i didn't even go to graduation any migrate i tried to skip every graduation i only went to high school because my mother made me
0: well i went to i okay i went to their graduation i was like you know what? this is cool i made it i made it that's the thing i made it yeah and i go to graduation and all of a sudden I get home and I'm just like, Hey, cool. Fun party. We all went to dinner with uh, friends and family. And I just shoved it in a, um, my mom has this thing in the living room where you store stuff for what it's called, cabinet, corner cabinet. There you go. it sits on the corner. And I just popped it in there <laughs> 10 years later. Um, I think she moved it somewhere else. And then I freaked out and then I had to go out and order another one because I don't know. Until I'm like, um, I do have a diploma, but I don't have it or just lost it. So I ended up paying for a new one, which kind of sucked, but
1: I'm still looking for the original. (laughs) Well, I'm sure it'll turn up when you least need it.
0: Yeah, of course. But yes, I did finish college and that was, that was rough. Like yeah, because you could you tell
1: us like how you because you you succeeded. You're you're a success story. I mean, quite frankly, anybody that makes it through high school and college is a success story. I mean, that's not easy. And then you had your learning disability on top of it. And you know, you we just you just walked us through all those negative perceptions that people had. So you had to overcome the that mm-hmm. plus your your disability, and then. But you did it, so I did it. How did you manage to overcome? Like, how do you how do you compensate for that? I don't as comp- I don't is compensate the right word? I don't know. Like,
0: I don't know either. Like, it's you know what? I, it's obviously my mother, and I'm always gonna thank my mother forever and ever. Because right, well, let's pause and thank her right now. What's her name? Modestita.
1: Say that one again slower for the white people.
0: modestita
1: there you go so let's thank modestita you got it
0: yay you're good
1: well you know um i i've lived all over the u.s and i like to learn things from my friends of different nationalities
0: that's awesome
1: um so thank you to her because obviously she's going to listen to this episode because her baby girl's on it i mean what what she actually doesn't
0: know i did a podcast so i don't know she might know about it 10 years later who knows
1: oh well (laughs) sunday and then she'll get the thank you
0: yes yeah i know she will but um Mm -hmm. the core of it which i tell people is just supporting supporting like support is a big deal. I know it's easier said than done, but it's the support. So my mom pushed me. I wanted to drop out once again, wanted to drop out my second year because I remember the first day going to my first class and it was a lecture. I did take architectural technology, if everyone's wondering, um, which basically leads you to a job. The biggest one is being the architect's assistant and then it can lead you to other opportunities like a home inspector, building code inspector. Um, You can work different venues. You can even start up your own business and do drawings, just like the basic stuff and you know, stuff like that. And um, oh my gosh. So the first day I remember going into my class, meeting a ton of new people that you don't even know. And they say, well this you 're in the right course if you love architecture, love construction, love building and designing, and all that fun stuff, and then you 're thinking in your head like, "Oh, this is so cool i 'm so excited and then it just went downhill from there because I feel like the professor lied to me <laughs> and um, yeah, lied to away. a lot of people um, because they made it seem so easy they 're just like oh you know you 're going to make so much money in this industry you 're going to have your own business, you start renovating and you know all that fun stuff like and the guy on
1: tv that ever what was his name he um...
0: <laughs> you know the guy who did the slap chop like yeah. this machine's gonna like cut your cucumbers and cut your onions and you can just chop 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 away and cut time and yeah that's how i felt like i was sold
1: <laughs> oh that's okay that makes sense yeah uh, i was so... thinking of the the guy who does all the home renovations i used to watch the show all the time uh i want to say is like his name was mike um, mike holmes yeah
0: yeah he is holmes. canadian
1: Holmes on homes there you go <laughs> like yeah. so your degree would let you um do kind of do the same thing like you could be angelica on homes i don't know whatever yeah we'll we'll, we'll take right them in show name because you could still do that because you have the degree
0: yeah you you can and there's probably other courses that we would have to upgrade but yeah it is a possibility it is a possibility that's what something else it can lead you to um so yeah, it was I felt like I was being sold like like the chop. Like did I go out and buy a chop? No, I didn't, but with this course I ended up investing three thousand dollars a semester and it 's crazy because I remember that one day it was a full class there was like they said it was five thousand people that signed up and they were excited because there was more women in the industry because it's it 's always been tough for women in construction mm-hmm. and that 's another topic on all its own but um they were so impressed there was like, "Oh more women, this is amazing like it 's just the numbers are rising and da 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 da." I think after a week, I noticed like 10% of the class was gone, they dropped out. And I'm just like, Oh, my God, I'm scared. What's going on here. Um, But overall, with the architectural program, um, it was a lot of math, which I hate to this day. And there was a lot of itty bitty stuff that's involved with architecture. So my fun stuff of architecture is me being able to design a multi-use condo, me be able to design my custom home, me able to renovate and design a a horse uh, horse store, a heritage building mixed with like modern architecture, whatever it is. I like the drawing side of things. I like the design part of it. Um, I like the history of it because for me, I was able to visually see because our history book was full of pictures, mm-hmm. which I ended up enjoying. But what came really hard was like the zoning bylaws. You know, you're going home with two three inch binders and learning to code of every single detail in a house, in a building, etc. So you're kind of like, oh, damn, like there's a lot more memorizing than I thought. So. It was it it felt like going into becoming a doctor and learning all every nerve, every muscle tissue, every bone in your body. And you just need to memorize it because when you're obviously on the field, I need to know and make sure, remember, remember that, okay, are these walls spaced in a certain way? Are these studs spaced in a certain way? What is unsafe? What is unsafe? Like you gotta be quick on your feet. Mm-hmm. So for me, it got overwhelming because I'm just like, this is a bit much. And then we learned about electrical and plumbing and mechanical and HVAC. And that wasn't exciting because then you have to learn different pipes and what is appropriate to code in a building and this sprinkler systems, uh, fire suppression and all that stuff. And it's just it just was a heavy workload that. I, it was just overwhelming for me. It was just so much stress and I developed that anxiety and that pressure. And I'm just like, how the hell am I going to get through this? Because you had like six courses in one semester long days. Cause I remember it was like 36 hours a week. Plus I worked 40 hours a week part time because if I'm not making money, then I can't go to school. Mm-hmm. I had to drive there, you know, pay for any expenses. Right. Sure. And Of course, like, you know, the workload on top of that, and then you have to get this done. Then there's group work, because obviously if you're going to be in construction or in architecture, you really need to learn how to work with people (laughs) because that's all it is. You work with people every day. And it just got really overwhelming. Then I, the English class, that was a tough one to swallow because obviously English being my weakest part of it, it was like, how the hell do I do like a case study? You know, how do I summarize? Because I was really bad at summarizing and what I used to do. And I, oh boy, like I don't recommend it to anybody. So the book that we would be reading in English class, I would search it up on Google Uh and I would write, like, I would Google the book and I would write summarization. And then thank you to the person out in the world who actually took the time and did PowerPoint slides or a PDF uh, file and described to me what happened in that book. And what I did was just read what they wrote and I summarized it in my own words. Because me reading a book, if the professor was telling me, you have to read this book, like the whole thing in a month, that ain't happening because it takes me four years to finish a book unless I'm really interested in the book. Mm -hmm. So I had to find different ways to kind of just get by and, you know, being overwhelmed with the workload and being like with your group mates and trying to get assignments done. It's just overwhelming because you're just like, I have so much to memorize. What, well, what, how am I going to get through this? And I was just, you know, my mom being obviously my number one supporter, she's just like, you just have to do it. Like, you're just not going to quit now. Like you just got to keep going. Like you can't always find the solution to quit. Like she always says, quitting is not the uh, the solution. You just have to keep going. You have to keep going. Nothing's easy. Life's never not supposed to be this easy. Like life is supposed to be hard. You're supposed to take on challenges. You've got to surpass those challenges, and you just got to keep going. My mom said, "Hey, if you get a fifty percent," she's like do you think I'm going to be mad? Cause I'm trying to obviously impress my parents and you know, right. show them, like I can do this. But at the same time, she's like, if you get a 70%, I'll be super happy. If you get a 50, I'll be happy because you passed it. Like you have to focus on just passing. Cause she says, when you go on the field, do you think they're going to say, what's your GPA? And she's right. Cause they don't, they just say, Oh, you got a diploma. Cool. Right. Yes. That is absolutely <laughs> true. So, I was just like, all right, then I just do what I can. And when I was wanting to drop out, um, it was my second year. I had one more year left because it was a three-year program. Second year, I think it was like second semester. And I had a really good friend of mine and they said, well, I'm just going to take a different program. I'm just going to drop out. And I'm looking at this person saying, wow you're actually dropping out <laughs> and he was a smart person like really 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 smart and I was just like okay like what do I do because you obviously you, you at that time you just depending on other people's opinions and you're just looking at how they you know their actions and do I follow suit do I just keep going like because it was it was just overwhelming overwhelming like I couldn't memorize anything. Um, reading stuff, and I can't like, I couldn't grasp it. Um, um, what else? Getting stuff done on time. That wasn't really an issue because I was a lot of night, a long nights, going to bed like at four in the morning, trying to get to school for eight. Like it's, it was, it it is what it is. Um, there was a couple classes that I did enjoy, which was like concrete because I loved calculating different mpas of um concrete and what goes in what and columns beams etc i don't know why i fell in love with concrete but i did i guess because i had a good teacher right so it all depends on the professor you have that you tend to gravitate to those subjects um but overall it was just like what do i do what do i do what do i do And then my mom's like don't be an idiot <laughs> Tough love, mom, don't be an idiot, don't be stupid, and just just finish it. You just have another year to go after you're done the second semester, second year.
1: So can we just talk for a second, if you don't mind me jumping in? No, go ahead. Can we just talk about um, the wisdom from Modestita and saying that when she's telling you not to be stupid, she's not referring to you, you as stupid. She's not referring to your disability or anything like that. But she is saying, if you drop out, that act is stupid because you got it. She believed in you and you yeah,
0: did it. Exactly. So she obviously believed in me and she, of course she'll believe in me and whatever I do even until this day, um, even though I have some crazy ideas and, you know, projects that I like to do. And she's just like, oh, really? But, you know, that's every mother. Well, uh, well m- not all but not, not all Well,
1: not all but i will say this uh, the well <laughs> is coming out because i'm gonna just tell you two things like there are two crazy projects in the world you may have heard of and one was a collegiate paper was done uh this person handed it in and his professor laughed at him mm-hmm. he dropped out of school and he started a small little company called fedex oh Look that up. So if you think you're on, and the other one, everybody thought this young man was crazy when he wanted to uh, revolutionize the car industry in the way mass production of the Model A, or I don't know, I'm making this up, I'm just pulling stuff out of thin air. Whatever that model was, I think it might have been the, the Model T. Model Maybe the Model T, who knows? Um, Mr. Ford created a production line.
0: Yeah, he did. So and I saw that. that everybody
1: thought those two people were nuts. I mean, we can just talk about how people thought Edison was crazy. So don't discount your crazy ideas.
0: It's just cause I get it from my dad, my dad. And this is where my mom's kind of like, Oh, you're just like your father. I'm 90% of my father. I have the same personality attitude and the same go-getter type of skill. Like, my dad was a carpenter, and that's how I fell in love with architecture because a lot of people would say, You're actually doing that course. And I was just like, Yeah, why? What's wrong? Like, I like building stuff, I like to design stuff. I, I was very good at art as a young child. And in my podcast, um, I explain at the end to don't let your children be trapped, always allow them to. Ab- open up their imagination because my parents allowed me to open up my imagination they allowed me to use art as a form of expressing my interests in different ways if i didn't like school they knew i had a talent in art they knew i had a talent in design so cuz we're visual learners we i feel like a lot of people with um, learning disabilities and dyslexia are, are engineers are architects are people who just Um, just open up that imagination, anything, like even graphic design, anything artistic is what a lot of them gravitate to. Because for me, me building a building, designing a building, sorry, I'm not building it, designing it. It's just like, wow, this is a work of art and someone will buy it or someone will be intrigued investing in it, designing a house. I'm taking that person's idea Let's say if it's a renovation or a custom home, and I'm bringing it to life, and that's a rewarding feeling. So, I always encourage through because I do like a series of my life and different stages with my learning disability. I always say, don't let your child stay trapped. Let them imagine things, let them sketch, let them doodle, let them just let their creativity just come out because my parents allowed me to do that because they knew I had a gift. And that's where I, I really thank them both. Because yeah, my dad was a carpenter. He was a framer and he did a lot of homes. And that's where I gravitated. I just liked construction. I just like it. And I, I, I'm in it right now and I love it. So, you know, mm-hmm. college was tough. And obviously you have to go through the tough times because life isn't easy. And having that tough love is what really got me through. So once I graduated, I was just like, Oh crap! Like I did this <laughs> Well, that's awesome, and
1: I'm glad that uh, you were able to share that with us and, and experience i mean it sounds like you have a great relationship with both your parents and um, you might be thanking your your mom a lot, but I really feel like you're also you know kind of like a daddy's girl, and you know he had a bit of influence on you too
0: yeah and i am I am because um. Boy, it's when you combine both of them together. It's kind of like it's giving you that power and that energy to just be like, hey, you know what? Let me just do it. Let me just do it. any crazy thing I had in my mind. Like I even went back to school um, and did personal training and nutrition. Who would have thought?
1: <laughs> Which is awesome.
0: Yeah, so I do have two diplomas, and because uh, there was a recession in construction, that we didn't end up getting jobs when we graduated. And after being in retail for a couple of years, um, I was just like, you know what? I got to find something else. And I kind of fell out of love with construction and stuff. And um, not fully out of love, but it was still there. But when you don't find those opportunities and you're just like, what do I do? You're kind of on the roadblock. You kind of gravitate to a different career. Mm -hmm. And I went with it. And um, I did schooling again. And it's crazy. And I... I, you know, like I told you, it's like the reading part of everything is what scares me. But if you find something that interests you, just do it. Because when I was learning the personal training course, I was like, I wish architecture was this easy. I wish it was that easy to learn all these subjects. Because with personal training, I was so fascinated. I had a four point. No, sorry. It was at a, it was out of four. So I had a 3.7 GPA and that was the ever highest I ever got in my entire life. So for me, it was like, holy bully, like, when you find something that you're interested in, you really get into it and then you start excelling into it as well. The architecture was just overwhelming and I'm just like, screw this. What else am I going to do? If I become a nurse, it's the same thing. Become a doctor is the same thing. I'm going to do like, become a lawyer, it's going to be the same thing. So when I gravitated to personal training, I was just like, you know what? I got this down packed. I can actually do this.
1: So... So, what do you do now? Are you a personal trainer and nutritionist, or are you in construction architecture?
0: I am a project administrator for a construction company. So, I went back. So, to- you went back
1: to your first love.
0: Yes. Because which I knew- is good.
1: So, you got back yeah. into it. That's great. So, if I can interpret what you're saying, like take some things and extrapolate. Yeah. Because my next question is going to be like advice that you would give to people once they find out somebody has um, a learning disability. Uh, such as yours, I am going to tell you what I perceive the advice would be that you would give somebody. And I'm going to say that number one is be supportive. That's an easy one. That's a gimme. Um, Mm -hmm. Be supportive. Maybe not um, quite supportive in the same way your mom was, but supportive nonetheless, because the last thing you want to do is demotivate that person even more because they're already killing themselves on the inside. Yeah. Um, is what I'm have learned from you and if I'm stating things wrong this is you can be like nope you got that wrong um but it did sound like you beat yourself up more on the inside than I think anybody else would understand but I think we do now because you explained it yeah um number two on top of being supportive is being patient
0: that's a tough one yeah
1: it, it is a tough patience is incredibly tough and. I post a lot on my LinkedIn, a lot of um, management stuff. I do a lot of coaching, uh, executive coaching and corporate strategy and, and things like that. One of the things that people really have the hardest time with is patience. We live in what I call a just add water society where people want to just add water and magically, like in the cartoons, a whole meal appears. Um, you know, just add water, and then all of these great things will happen. We don't live in that kind of world. Um, I think we're probably getting there someday, but right now we're still not. The world requires patience. Um, and we don't have enough, but I think that you, if I'm inter- again, um, this is my perception of the advice you might give somebody, is just be patient. We'll get there. If you're a nice human being and you treat me well, again, I'm putting words in your mouth, so this is where you're like, okay, Stop it there, Skippy. You're wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, if you treat me well, like we'll both get through it. But just by, am I wrong in 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 assuming that just by being nice and treating you like a human being that will help you um, maybe quell your anxiety a little bit and then help the overall situation?
0: Yes, because I find in my past workplace um, experiences when someone is just very angry and frustrated that doesn't help me because my anxiety levels goes from zero to 100 really fast. Because then I'm thinking, what the hell did I do wrong? What, what, what's, what happened? Oh my God, am I going to get fired? Because it's always the biggest thing that goes through my head. Am I going to get fired? Am I getting in trouble? Like, it's that fear of like, oh my God, I did something wrong. What did, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And that's literally what's going in my head. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like That's, that's my mind. That's my conscious. That's like that inner voice is going through my head. That's what it's telling me. And a lot of people don't know that. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And when you get yelled at, um i'm just like oh my god oh my god what do i do what do i do oh shit oh shit like sorry if i'm swearing but like (laughs) my heart is pounding like crazy to a point where my body temperature just goes really hot and then i'm just my 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 hands end up shaking and it's just like so you're in a full blown anxiety attack pretty much and it's it's crazy and people don't people don't know that and i'm just sitting there like okay so that's
1: a key reality people might perceive that their actions are just because they're right in everything that they do and their frustration is justified, but they don't understand the reality of their actions.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's also too, in my past workplaces when you work with a perfectionist and then you have me in, in the mix, it, it you can clash because in a perfectionist mind, I'm not saying all of them, I'm referring to the ones I've worked with, um, they just want perfect all the time. So when you make a little mistake, it ends up being the end of the world. But when you tell me that little mistake, I'm just, my anxiety level goes to 200 because of this little mistake. And then I'm trying to understand why is this a big deal? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so when you work with a perfectionist, it's, it's, that's where we collide. But then I'm trying to under make them understand what I'm going through. But most of them just don't care. They just, you know, they want it done perf- perfectly. And obviously those are the ones that I've experienced that don't admit to their mistakes. They just pawn it off to somebody else. Um, you know, and everyone makes mistakes. We're all human beings. And I stress that a lot. Even in my relationships, even with the relationship with my parents will come obviously because they know and they've engraved that in my brain that we're all human beings and we make mistakes right so
1: humans humans um i talk about that in a different podcast about infallibility and there's technically only one being on the planet that is labeled infallible the rest of us are all subject to being human
0: hmm
1: um, yeah So I'm I'm not saying you don't know, but for everybody else listening, that's technically the Pope um, is supposed to be infallible. Um, (laughs) The rest of us are completely uh, prone to to making mistakes. So is there any other advice that you would leave us with? We're we're getting close to an hour. I usually, I always go over so I know we're already over. It's fine i'm not stressed yeah but
0: is there i'm I'm okay if it's over an
1: hour or two to be honest (laughs) is there any other points that you think like okay when you find out somebody has a learning disability or um you know how else what else would help the situation other than uh patience and being
0: supportive um giving them encouragement because i find when or even following up is another thing is feedback giving them encouragement Excuse me, but with feedback, what I mean by feedback is like it comes along with patience and support. So, in order to get support and to also get um, to develop your patience, you need to give feedback. Um, if let me see if I could explain this so, feedback as in if I do, let's say, an assignment or a project or whatever, and um, hand it in to my leader my boss and um goes over it the next day says nothing about it then mm-hmm. i'm thinking something's wrong i'm that person that appreciates feedback no matter what if it's good or bad oh, because so then it gives me-
1: it's wrong when no feedback could mean that it was okay yes but your mind is automatically going to like oh sugar pineapple sauce i made a mistake yes <laughs> so you're pro you're programmed based on previous experience that always go there
0: yeah it's that's yeah that's my reality is that i'm thinking did i do something wrong and then a week later i hear oh everything was fine and i'm just like Jesus, I've been stressed for the past 14 days and no one could just send me an email and say everything was okay. But that's the reality and people don't know that. And I can't expect everyone to read a post-it note on my forehead saying, please give me feedback. But when I was a um, retail manager and I had people to take care of, and obviously a co-op program that I ran, the biggest thing I've always done was development and feedback. You need to give them feedback to stay engaged and develop them for them to be successful. And I always carry that. And there's some leaders out there that don't understand about leadership, like the development part of it. Because if you're not constantly developing your staff, no matter if it's a career within your company or outside or relationship or whatever, then how are they going to be engaged and motivated to work for you? And when I left that retail management, I noticed a lot of the people I worked with was just like, you were one of the best. Why? Because I kept them engaged. I listened to them because I put myself in, you know, in their shoes and happens if, if that was me on the other side. How would I want to be treated? So development, um, giving them feedback to make sure they keep succeeding and excelling.
1: I'm going to agree and there's so much that I could say right now, but I covered in um the podcast with Gene about workplace communications. Yeah. Um about my some of my managerial style and uh a lot of what you said is exactly the things that I teach and preach to to people. Um so if there's any is there anything that you want people to know that we didn't cover in, in today's talk?
0: Um I briefly briefly just want to say the reality I know most of the people have heard in certain situations mm-hmm. but the reality is like I have to work 6 times harder than the average person to get something done. So if I'm giving a task then it's going to take me a long time to do it because my brain the way it works when I'm given something to do my brain's going crazy. It's like Picking stuff from my, I'll just say my hard drive and going through these folders and kind of saying, okay, what do we need? Do we just start with this? Do we start with that? Do we start with this? Do we start with that? How am I going to do that? Can I do this? There's people talking in the background and I'm listening to that conversation. There's someone else talking beside me because I can get easily distracted. Then I'm hearing that conversation. Then my brain's trying to figure out how are going to complete this task? So that's another reality. And people think like, I'm doing the work, but I'm distracted by two other people because I take in information from both ears. Mm-hmm. And then I still manage to talk to them. So I always call it like the scatter brain. My brain always, of course, another reality is that, um, it runs like a 100 miles per minute. I'm always thinking, I'm always on the go. Like it's always one thing, and I'm thinking about another thing. And then, okay, what am I going to do tonight? What am I going to make for dinner? Are we doing this tomorrow? And I'm still working on this task. And another thing a lot of people don't like is we can be not as organized as your typical person or someone with OCD because I like it when it's a mess. Why? Because then I can try to control the mess in my own way. Me having mess is for me like saying I'm, that's the clean part of me because when I have a bunch of stuff on my desk, it's because I got a to-do list on the go mm-hmm. and this mess needs to be cleared. And by the end of the day, the mess is gone. So it's like a 3D to-do list. Oh, cool. That's a good way to put it, a 3D to-do list. Yeah, so you're just eliminating one item, goes away, and it keeps going until the task gets done. So a lot of people think, oh, you're so messy, you're so messy, you're so messy. No, it's because that's how I function. That's how I function at work. My mess looks like like desk sometimes looks like a disaster. There's papers here, papers there. I need you to file this. I need you to get this. I need you to get that. And then I got receipts. You got to do this. You got to do that. But that's how I function, right? And a lot of big thing is too is I'm easily distracted. Yes, it's true. I'm easily distracted. I'm listening to probably seven different conversations. But it's just, and then I'm also listening to a podcast during a day at work just to keep me going or some focusing music or some alpha rhythms to help me focus and kind of just keep myself, you know, in tune to what I'm doing, especially when it's something very pressing. And then um, we may look like we daydream or we stare off into like the clouds. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But that's because my mind's actually shut down for once after 24 hours it's just my I guess my time to just tune everything out I'm still listening to you but me visually you might look at me physically like oh she's just tuned out I'm gonna stop talking it's not that it's just I'm finally get to listen to you and hear out your story and I'm trying to process what's happening opposed Mm to my other brain half of my brain just like going 100 miles per minute it's because it's shutting down and focusing on you well that's
1: that's good to know that, that that's what you look like when you focus. I've talked about the, I don't know if I've talked about this or not. i all learn together, but um, I I definitely know that I've mentioned in the past that I suffer from resting bitch face. So that when I'm interested, the angrier I look, the more I'm concentrating on what somebody's saying. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a weird thing. So for you, it's, it's different. You're you may look vacant, but it's actually how you process because it sounds to me, if I'm interpreting it correctly, like you're shutting down almost all your other sensory issues and just that way your ears can just hear and then your brain can just focus on that one auditory. Yes.
0: Yes. And it happens a lot when I'm in meetings at work and previous work. Like I would be just, you know, just staring at a paper clip, for example, and people may look at me like I'm just out of it. I'm completely out of this world. And in reality, I'm not out of this world. I may look at it and some people may look like like they're scared, like what's going on with her? She's just staring at this paper clip and her eyes are bulging out. No, it's because... (laughs) I'm actually listening to you and I actually do have a response and I'll still be staring in that way of staring at that paperclip. Cause I don't know what's fascinating about that paperclip and it's, I'm actually going to respond to you still without any, any emotion. But then there's like, when I recorded a podcast with a friend, I was literally just staring at her in her eyes because I'm just like, I was so moved by her story that I, I just stared at her. And then I moved because I'm like, Oh, Got to stick to the program here, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But in meetings, yeah, I look, I can look like a horror movie where she just got, you know, got a heart attack because she got scared. But in reality, it's because I'm actually listening to to what they're saying and I do have something to say and I will respond in that same, you know, face.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good to know.
0: Yeah. And, but everyone's different, right? So
1: everybody is different. Um, so it's just to know that, but I think it goes back to like when you see something like that happen or you're, you're, if somebody's dealing with somebody else, um, that it goes back to the patience thing and try not to judge, try not to be so judgy, like take a moment to yeah. step back, understand, see what's going on. Um, because people with learning disabilities aren't less intelligent, like you said, yeah, you've you've proven it. You've got two degrees, uh, yeah. collegiate degrees. So um, you're not less intelligent. It may take you longer to process and do something because that's how your brain works, but you're still getting it done. So I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you being on the show today. And I'm glad that you volunteered to talk about this. And I hope that even if your story helps one person that we've both... Um, well you know what helped me so there one person down um but if it helps somebody else besides me and even better because people need to talk and about and understand what's going on
0: yes we need we need this like i feel like here in canada like there's no when i was growing up there was no like um resources and stuff and Oh my God. In my podcast, I explain how many doctors and appointments I've been throughout my whole entire life and it's unreal. Right. Um, but I feel like now there's more foundations, even in the U S and Europe is becoming really big. Like they're just spreading the word out there because it's, it's the reality. Like we do, it's a learning disability is a real thing. It's not something it just, Oh, it's a development thing. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's like, I don't know if it's genetic. I have no idea, but it's, it is a real thing. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it just needs to create more awareness. And that's where after so many years, I was just like, okay, you know what, this is my time. I'll use a podcast as a voice and hopefully I can reach out to more people. And my dream is to become a public speaker. And obviously, um, educate people and how to train their staff because i know ontario and canada itself they're trying to be accessible by 2020 meaning like every learning disability or physical disability everyone should be trained and should be able to not judge and accept them and you know just break down those barriers so people can you know work they can just go on with their daily life and i'm noticing in our training videos for safety and stuff that um the Ontario Association, like they're really stressing it like, okay, there's physical disabilities and then there's learning disabilities. Now you're seeing that in the video. So we're slowly getting there, but it needs more awareness because like we're human beings, right? Yes. We're human beings. We have different strengths. We have different weaknesses. My strengths are obviously in drawing and creating and, you know, music and you know, I used to, used to DJ just, you know, as a hobby, just me doing that because, like, I was so into it and, you know, I more the creative side of things, right? But, you know, we're just human beings that we learn differently in a different way, but we still get the job done. And if it's not right away, you got to have the patience and we're going to get it done or just send some reinforcement. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. you, you might like an episode... Um... With uh, that, I recorded with Derek, and uh, he. If if uh, and I'm not discounting. Please don't don't think I'm discounting the amount of times you've been to the doctor because I believe you 100%. However, yeah, I'm gonna guess that Derek's been more than you because he's been having heart surgery since he was three months old. Oh my god! been through five pacemakers, and he contracted oh. HIV/AIDS at a blood transfusion when he was three months old.
0: Oh my god! So he's been no.
1: Uh, and I'm giggling because, not because of Derek, but, I mean, not because of his things, but when you listen to Derek, Derek is just such an awesome individual. He has a way yeah. of telling his story that he calls it laughing with tears, and it's just really touching. So um, he also is an activist. Like, there's a lot of similarities between the two of you because um, the doctor's appointments, the struggle, the misperceptions. Um, he is an activist. He's a very active activist uh i'm whatever i'm gonna just let that fly he's an active activist uh he's got a big following um so i would say that derek has his contact information on that episode he'd probably love to hear from you if you ever wanted to talk about how to become an activist so i would think that derek your mother would both say the same thing and that's angelica what are you waiting for the time is now be an activist you already are Do it. There's the the only thing stopping you at this point is you, because you've got a voice. You've got your podcast. Keep doing that, but go reach out and and try to get an engagement an act a speaking engagement. Yeah. Um, I think you're ready. I I mean, you've got the voice. uh, You know what you want to say. And if you're, if I heard you correctly that the inclusion in Ontario specifically um, for those of uh, my friends that don't understand, uh, Ontario as a province in Canada and Toronto as a city in that Ontario province, um,
0: do it. We're neighbors. Yeah. (laughs) We're your neighbors up north and everyone thinks we live in igloos and, um, it's always snowing 365 days a year, but.
1: Yeah. Well, you can help me get my Canadian listenership up, um,
0: for sure. And,
1: and, uh, we could talk, uh, again about just the perceptions of America, um, the United States versus Canada and what America means. Cause I do talk about um, what America means and America yeah. to the rest of the world. And by the way, I mean the rest of the world, meaning, um, outside the United States, America means North America or Central America or South America. Yeah. Um, There's three of them, so it's, you know, um, but that's a different episode. That's, I think.
0: That'll be a good one to do.
1: (laughs) Well, I already talked about that one with Hector, about what it's like being uh, Puerto Rican, because, uh, you know, a lot of people in the United States don't understand that uh, our, uh, Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States, and They are U.S. citizens, just like the rest of us. And they speak Spanish. (laughs) And English. um, But I digress. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, I really appreciate it. And just if you want to, uh, actually, it's not if you want to. I'm going to make you do it. So tell everybody again the name of your podcast, all your handles, so they can all go out and immediately start following you and listening.
0: All right, everyone. So my podcast handle is at, um, wow, I said at, it's a little bit of everything with me. Um, You can find me on, uh, of course, anchor.fm, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and all the other podcast platforms, but I know those are the biggest ones. So it's a, a little bit of everything with me and you can find me on Instagram at a little bit of everything with me and also on Facebook. It's the same. I do have a website if you want to get in contact. It's um, and G E via Victor G dot com slash Angelica.
1: And I would say that anybody who has, and I'm just going to, I'm I'm totally volunteering you. So just, Sit down for this one, so, if you have a learning disability, and I feel like if um somebody out there struggling, if they need to talk to a friendly voice, I'm volunteering my new friend Angelica. I feel like that she would be welcome if you contact her, she will help support you like she's had support. and am, am I wrong in saying that?
0: No, and I you know what that would be awesome. If I have somebody like contact me and say, you know what i've 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 listened to your five part series and you know, it moved me or it motivated me or change in any way, I would be so grateful because that's the message that I want to send. I want to be able to help. I want to give feedback and I want to be able to see you become successful, even though it's, it's hard, but it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it.
1: (laughs) I think that it will be. And I do want to stress again that if you are in that situation, um, and by that situation, I will qualify that by saying if you are struggling, if you have a learning disability and you're struggling and you don't feel like you have a support system, please know that you do. Um, there are people out there, if you want the help to look for it, there are people that will help you. In particular, yep. all of our new friend Angelica, she told you how to, you can contact her. I'm sure that she will be glad to talk to you and help support Definitely.
0: You definitely so thank,
1: thank you again angelica for joining us i really really appreciate it and I
0: thank hope you david
1: that you have the utmost awesome success with your podcast
0: thank you and you too you're doing such amazing things on there and i'm just like i gotta get to it i gotta catch up on all your episodes thank you david so <laughs> much this has been such a great opportunity and um you know what, I hope we both are helping people in different ways, and let's change the world.
1: I agree. I agree. So on that note, thank you. Appreciate it. If you'd like to leave feedback on the podcast, comment on this episode or previous episode, or to be a guest on the show, leave me a message by calling 1-585-210-0240. Any feedback or episode comments could end up being aired in the future. I look forward to hearing from you.